Thank you for listening to the Faith Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. Today's sermon for the fourth Sunday after the Epiphany, January 30th, 2022, was preached by Pastor Jason Goodham. If you have questions or comments regarding today's message, please call the church office at 612-824-5527 or visit our website at faithlutheran-aflc.org. Good morning again. Special welcome to those of you who are visiting us this morning. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I would at this time invite you to stand as I read the gospel lesson appointed for this Sunday. Sermon text is taken from Luke chapter 4, verses 31 through 44. can be found on page 1597 of your pew Bible if you'd like to follow along. Reading in Jesus' name, Luke chapter 4, verses 31 through 44. And Jesus went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. And when the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And de demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose." And he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. Heavenly Father, these are your words, and your word is truth. We pray that this morning you would sanctify us in the truth, that you would convict us of sin in our lives where that is necessary, and that you would comfort and encourage us with the promises of your gospel. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Much has been made about Jesus' earthly ministry, and, and rightly so. No other person has captivated humanity quite like Jesus Christ. He was loved, hated, and misunderstood at almost every turn. In the Gospels, you can find him pouring out great compassion, revealing his immense wisdom, and exercising supernatural patience. But you can also find him being harsh with both his mother and one of his closest friends, flipping over tables in the temple, and spitting on mud, or spitting to make mud so that he can rub it on someone's face. Many would be content to have Jesus be a pious and or revolutionary example. We, after all, want to emulate how Jesus treated people, especially how he helped people. Many find power in his words especially in his moral teaching. But, as odd as it may sound, it is precisely Jesus' words that we have so often miscategorized and misunderstood. 
And for us, as it was for so many who encountered Christ in person some 2,000 years ago, what we often miss about Jesus' words are that they possess authority. And so, as we turn our eyes back to Luke chapter 4 this morning, we'll see what Jesus' words having authority means and why that authority is so important for us today. So first, Jesus' words possessed astonishing authority. I've heard and read quite a bit about why the people were so astonished that Jesus preached and taught with authority. Much of it centers around what may or may not have been a typical practice of rabbis and synagogue leaders during Jesus' day. And I didn't take too much time to verify this historically, so take this for what it's worth. It won't be the main part of this sermon anyway. But as I understand it, many rabbis and synagogue leaders would preach and teach from the Old Testament in their synagogues merely by talking about what others were saying about that same passage. In this way, these men weren't teaching with authority, but were merely teaching with someone else's authority. Now, whatever the case might be, there's a sharp distinction between Jesus' words and human words. I believe that this is the main comparison being made here in the early part of our gospel lesson. And in our day and age, that should be something we can appreciate almost instantly. Many of us have been raised with the notion that sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Beyond that, we all live in a postmodern age where words have all but lost their meaning altogether. We can make words mean whatever they want whenever we want them to mean that thing. And while it may seem like we've perfected this art in the 21st century, we're not all that unique. If you want an assignment to take home with you today, read through the book of Proverbs over the course of the next week and just highlight, even literally highlight, every verse that talks about man's words. And you pick up a theme really quickly. Human words can do a lot of things, and quite often those words aren't helpful. There are many, there's a lot of them, but they don't act like Jesus' words do. When Jesus speaks, he speaks as one who has authority. When Jesus speaks, his words matter. They mean something. And that's what leads us to the second kind of authority Jesus demonstrates. Jesus' words possess anti-demonic authority. Now, I really wish there was a better word for anti-demonic, but I couldn't come up with it, so you guys are going to have to live with it. But, but there's another important contrast between Jesus' words and other words, and that's between the forces of evil and the forces of good. One of the ways we see Jesus' power and authority is that a large part of Jesus' miracle ministry was manifested in casting out demons. Jesus speaks, Jesus commands, and the demons come out. 
many times shrieking, oftentimes speaking. And what we see with the demons almost instantly is as they have been outed, as they have been marked by Jesus as contra to the kingdom of God, they speak the truth and they make it sound like deception. We know who you are, the Holy One of God. Want to doubt that Jesus is the Holy One of God? Have a demon tell you that Jesus is the Holy One of God. And you'll start to doubt. But Jesus' command not only cast out the demons, it silenced the demons. And this authority often got Jesus into trouble. Those who were threatened by Jesus' words and Jesus' authority used these opportunities to try and convince people that Jesus and the demons were on the same team. It goes something like this, and it happens multiple times in the Gospels. Hey, if the demons listen to Jesus, Jesus must be the prince of demons. He must be middle management or something like that. This even as it is close to the height of all blasphemy, almost completely misses the point of what Jesus was doing in casting out demons. Satan and his minions have come to steal and kill and destroy and torment and deceive. But Jesus, in casting out demons, isn't demonstrating that he controls the demons as their team captain. Rather, Jesus controls the demons as someone who has more power than they do, who has more authority than they do, as someone who is a threat to their existence and to their activity. When Jesus speaks, as he casts out demons, Jesus is ending the torment. Jesus is ending the deception. Jesus is destroying the works of the devil. Jesus' words have authority because they are true. Next, Jesus' words possess medical authority. Now, if I wanted to be really obnoxious and push the alliteration here at this point in the service, I could have said that Jesus' words possess Esculapian authority. It starts with an A. I looked it up on thesaurus.com, and then I had to look up what it meant. It's a term I've never heard before, but it means medical or medicinal. But that's only if I wanted to be really obnoxious. And so we'll just roll with medical authority right here. And after Jesus leaves the synagogue in Capernaum, he heads to Simon Peter's house, presumably with the rest of the disciples. And Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a fever, and they all appealed to Jesus to heal her. Luke highlights perfectly what Jesus did to heal her, and it's not what anyone would expect. Jesus rebuked the fever. Jesus spoke words. And those words had authority to heal. It's, it's quite the image, and one that many either well-intentioned, and I'm sure many not so well-intentioned, have tried to emulate and duplicate in modern ministry. Speak forth words of power. Rebuke your disease, and you'll be fine. Want to see that in action? Just jump over to YouTube sometime. You'll see plenty of examples. 
But we only have man's words at our disposal in this case. Jesus' words have power and authority. Enough authority to call a fever out under the carpet and get rid of it. Not only does the fever leave Simon's mother-in-law, but it leaves with all lingering side effects and symptoms. She, upon being healed, bounces right up and begins to serve Jesus and his companions. It's another perfect example of Jesus demonstrating mastery over his creation. As Jesus speaks, he always makes things better. He always blesses. Jesus' power and authority are for our good. And so finally, at the climax of our New Testament message, our lesson this morning, we see that Jesus' words have gospel authority. After a very busy day and evening, Jesus departs the next day from the crowds to a desolate place. It doesn't say so here in Luke 4, but at other times in the Gospels, Jesus does this for the purpose of resting and spending time with his heavenly Father. But here, as he's doing this, the crowds seek after him, and the crowds find Jesus. And as they find Jesus, he reminds everyone of his messianic mission. He says, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well. I was sent for this purpose. And so Jesus' final word to the people in Luke 4 and Jesus' words to us are the actual gospel. Jesus preaches the gospel. This is the look and substance of Jesus' powerful and authoritative word. Jesus' word is for the purpose of proclaiming God's salvation, his good news to whoever would hear. And that's why our examination of Jesus' words is so important for us today. Because the word Jesus gives you today is the exact same word Jesus had for the people in Luke 4. Jesus' words are powerful and authoritative because they are God's words. Jesus' words are different than human words. Human words will try to dismiss your sin or pin your sin to you eternally by telling you that you're so sinful, God can't or won't do anything about it. Human words are empty and more often than not cause pain and suffering rather than heal and build up. Human words are selfish, but Jesus' words are for you. Jesus' word that cast out the demons is the same word that calls you out of the grave of your sins, raises you to new life, and forgives your sins. Jesus' word that heals Peter's sick mother-in-law is the same word that adopts you as his family member in baptism and heals your sins in holy communion. Jesus' word that is astonishingly powerful and authoritative 
is the same word that says to you perhaps the most astonishing, powerful, and authoritative word in all of Scripture. It is finished. Jesus' word that is delivered to you today by the Holy Spirit is the same word that makes up the whole of Scripture. Is a word that delivers to you life and salvation, comfort and peace and the forgiveness of all your sins. And it is a word that as it is delivered to you is yours. You have it. You have received it. And it is true. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.